This episode brought to you by Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com, or if you're in Chicago, go to their store at 400 North May. Feeling a little extraterrestrial around the waistline? Is working out alien to you? Then try the all-new Abductor Fitness System. No weights, no equipment, no membership to buy. All it takes is just one DVD to get the body of your dreams. Is it Blu-ray? Irrelevant. Just push play on the DVD and we'll take care of the rest. Oh, I'm covered in sweat. My muscles are sore and it's... It's been two hours? Where did the two hours go? Same place as that spare tire. But I was supposed to pick my kids up from school. The Dr. Fitness System. Surgically implanted biomedical sensors monitor your progress. When did that happen? Why does my head hurt so much? That headache lets you know it's working. Nosebleed also lets you know it's working. What's this bump on my neck? Probably a new muscle. Ditch that old Nordic track and beam yourself into a new body with the abductor fitness system. You'll feel great. Don't you mean great? The abductor fitness system. Check your front door. You already ordered. Check your phone. You've already been listening for two hours. God, sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? Uh, it does. Not the good way. <laughs> Hi, everybody. At least our intros have been leaner. Yeah, yeah. We're keeping them a little bit shorter, a little bit sweeter. Don't worry. We're, we're, it's not a permanent decision. The minute we get an idea that we can't stop messing around with, you'll understand that this battle station is fully operational. <laughs> this battle station is fully operational. <laughs> I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stecco. Welcome to Blurry Photos. It's a podcast, in case you were wondering. Two really important things we try to take care of. That is, uh, we try to Ourselves! Explain, we try <laughs> ourselves, first and foremost. Then we try to explain the unexplored and explore the unexplained. Those are the two things we got to do. Well, uh, three things. And we also got to find King Arthur. Uh-oh. There's three, three things we got to do. He's out there somewhere. I just he needs to be the thing. I don't know if he needs help. Is he hungry? Does he have money? Dave, I, I gotta find him. Yes, out of, out of those out of those things. Uh-huh. How uh, how many of them are we going to do in this episode? <laughs> well, I'm afraid I don't. Unless this takes a real exciting left turn, I don't <laughs> think we're gonna find King Arthur. But we're definitely going to explore some unexplained. Now, I don't know how much of that exploration will get explained. Ah. Did I do that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is maybe this is why the shirts aren't selling. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lie. They're totally selling. Uh, Hope everybody's doing well. What are we in May now? Oh, that reminds me. What the merry old month of May, Uh or as we like to call it. May. El month de miscripti! Ay, poppy! <laughs> we both forgot what month is and we're too lazy to look it up. Yeah. Yeah, miscripted coming up oh, soon. Oh, man. I can already hear the dulcet tones of 
of our unregistered Trollolo use. <laughs> yeah, so get those survey taken fingers ready. Oh, and you know what? Here's the thing. Get the votes. That, here's what we have to keep in mind this year, Flora. We have got to be keep constantly at the forefront of our minds. We've got to be like Johnny Cochran. We have to like have cool phrases that rhyme, easily edited couplets. Because at the end of the Ms. Cryptid contest, that's when Puffsalot Ghosts work truly begins. Oh, that's true. For the for the official rap remix. And I would love to give her as much to work with as humanly possible. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So yeah, starting, if all goes well, this week. Yep. That, and that does count out, uh, count as a full, fully fledged shout out to Puffsalot Ghost. Just <laughs> right. Out there. Starting this week, we will be starting in on the 2017 Miss Cryptid contest uh, for three weeks. That's right. We are going to have cryptids going head to head, vying for your love. And mm-hmm. a shot at their very own Golden Goatman Trophy and That's the chance right. to be crowned the 2017 Miss Cryptid Champion. And, and at the same time, you shall also be vying for our love and your own chance at a Golden Goatman uh, as part of uh, our annual Ms. Cryptid Contest prize pack. Every time you vote, name goes in the bucket. You can only vote once a week, though, so don't get yeah. greedy. Greedy fingers. Yeah, don't try to game the system. So each week, we're going to be taking three cryptids, and this will be a separate extra sode for you. This is this is bonus content. Yeah, is, above slash beyond. And I would also, since I'm apparently very, very generous with the shout-outs, uh, I would also like to thank all of our, our, our Patreon supporters, this month and every month because you guys are amazing and also the uh the during the live cast uh mm-hmm. the jack jack slap uh, supporters really helped us put a lot of this list together that's right so that was awesome of them so thank you guys all very much and thank all of you who support blurry photos where that's i gotta tell you this year's prize pack gonna be the best ever no question no question we're gonna include an actual working firearm uh, we're going to violate some pretty serious wait, federal wait. laws just in the interest wait, of, uh, <laughs> dude, I already said it, dude, it's too late. <laughs> and it just cuts. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um, I guess it'll be a pretty good prize. Pack. <laughs> no, no, this will be the best blurry photos prize pack ever i think i'll tell getting better each year too yeah yeah they do and i'll tell you why uh now this year we'll also include what i'd like to call the wild card uh where we're going to choose something uh from the threadless store to include as well that is not shirtular in nature an accessory uh some other item not a shower curtain not a shower curtain i guess sorry i wanted you to have a shower curtain but flora said no so just remember who did that (laughs) no they want a shower curtain, they can buy it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah, like we are going to cram, jam, and slam this yeah. prize pack. Again, if you're new to it, we'll put out three cryptids. We tell you about them. That's the fun part. You get to hear about three cryptids from around the world. Mm-hmm. And then that whole next week, we'll have a survey up on our website where you can vote for who wins for that week. And then the top three 
go up against each other for the top prize. That's then we right. draw your name out of a hat, hopefully. Oh, for indeed. You. And also uh, a big thanks to uh, listener Amy for sending us that dictionary of cryptozoology last year. Uh, yes. It also helped us pick out Always. choices and research. It's a reference material and That's one right. that we are very glad to have. So look forward to that in May. And right now, actually, one, one more piece of, of funness. What's look that? forward to the trial of <laughs> David Flora versus Demetrodon and David Stecco versus the people and Brontosaurus. <laughs> yeah. The many, many people and Bront. Yeah. yeah this at was the end of this, this episode. Was, yeah. This was some inspired work. Uh, we had to bring in outside counsel. Uh, we had to be tried in a, in a truly neutral court. Yep. Uh, because the crimes were so great. So. You got that to look forward to. That'll be at the end of this. But right now, Dave, let us talk about what this episode is titled. Yep. That being Alien Abduction Stories. That's right. True tales of terror and and, and abduction. And I bet there's an asterisk thrown in there somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Probably after true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's always tough to tell, but we tried to we tried to to kind of you know, as we do, sift through these and pick what we thought was the some of the, the, the coolest options. That's right. Now, this episode, we thought we'd take a break from rock-hard science and stone-cold history. And other and, homoerotic descriptors. All right, all right. And other <laughs> geological descriptors. How about that? Uh-huh. Find me a geologist who says rock-hard. And thought we'd enjoy the creepier side of the fringe on which we whinge. <laughs> Every now and then we come across stories of Fortiana and the paranormal that tend to induce a wary eyebrow raise. Uh, eyebrow raise sound. But still send a shiver down the spine. Spine shiver sound. And sometimes we like to enjoy those anecdotes for what they are. Unnerving, unbelievable, and mostly unprovable yarns to be spun in the twilight when senses are uncoordinated and shadows are untrustworthy. When are the shadows trustworthy? Uh, Vincent uh, Price. <laughs> You'd have to ask the shadows at night. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. That was like a Vincent Price. And Orson Welles had a baby. Yeah, they had a baby and the baby just looked at you and you heard it. So with the spirit of storytelling in mind, we'll be reading over some tales of alien abductions in this episode. This is not a hard debunking episode. Think of it more like a fun, creepy, entertaining. Yeah, you've been entertained. We might discuss some throughout and after, maybe, I don't know. But for now, just sit back. Paralyze yourself by the old speakers or headphones and let your favorite hosts gently whisk your suddenly floating body through the wall and onto the cold, eerie mothership. Come to the land of the ice and snow where the first... Yeah, man. That... That... The Thor Ragnarok trailer... Is the best trailer I've ever seen. It wouldn't be the same without that track. And it, you're right. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, it's the best trailer I've ever seen. Hands down. I've never watched a trailer and was like, well, I gotta watch that again. <laughs> I, I have watched it like at least double digit times. Yep. 
Who wants to start? Let's see. Uh, we basically are just going to go from story to story. We found yeah. stories from here, there, thither, and yon. Uh, Mostly thither, because we've got a we've got gift cards for that. Oh, there should be. Can that be another one of our fake made up stories called <laughs> Hither, Thither, and Yon? <laughs> thither and Yon. It's like Bed Bath and Beyond, but there's yeah. really not much there at all. <laughs> Yeah, so so we're just going to be going and and you know these are like found stories on the internet. Mm-hmm. Don't get too butt hurt by them, but I'll tell you what, if you <laughs> if you let yourself get into them, they're uh, they're fun for storytelling. So who wants to start? How should we how should we proceed? Oh, uh, I mean, dive into the pool and start swimming. The, I'm going to start then. I'm going to start with this one. Cool. First up, yeah. go for it. This one's called Untitled. <laughs> They're all called Untitled. (laughs) One night a few years back, my friend, who is driving, and I were taking his girlfriend home when he decided to take the long way home. (laughs) As we are driving along this fairly deserted back road, innuendo, I began to zone out. I stared at this blinking red light off in the distance and casually think to myself, I'm going to be president someday. (laughs) And now you know who's telling the story. Me, William Jefferson Clinton. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, you you keep going with the original one. I I, 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 like, I am promising you I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck up the creep uh, anymore. You, you should you should continue to fuck up the creep. Uh, I stare at this blinking red light off in the distance and casually think to myself, I wonder when they built a cell phone tower all the way out here. Suddenly, it blinks and is dramatically closer than it was just a moment earlier. At this point, my friend points it out stops in the road. It blinks once more and is directly in front and over top of us. The red light is so bright it floods the car in a deep scarlet hue. I lean forward so I can see directly into the light, which is probably a bad idea. In that brief moment, I feel a flood of negative emotions. The closest description I can offer is to that of being naked under a giant microscope and having every pore examined thoroughly. That is a bad description. I then look away from the light to my friend and ask him to drive. He barely responds, apparently in a similar state. Then he snaps out of it and starts driving. As we get a little ways down the road, I notice the red light isn't fading and the interior of the car is still clearly lit by it. I look out the window, and to my horror, the light is following us and does so for approximately one to two miles. The light unexpectedly veers off the road and comes down to ground level in a patch of trees adjacent to the road. My friend stops the car again, continues to stare at it, and abruptly declares he's going to get out and look at it like he's in some sort of trance. He opens the door, and I grab his arm and tell him if he does, I will get in the driver's seat, and I will leave him. We had to leave that instant. He looks at me, seemed to come to, and punches the gas so hard the tires lose traction and spin. The light remains stationary as we rode away, but I've never looked at the sky the same. 
That's a true story about me and my buddy. His name was uh, Zipperfoot. That's what we called him. It's a funny story. It's an inside joke. I ain't got time to tell you about it. I guess the girlfriend was already at home. They'd already dropped her off. Yeah, she fell off the narrative real fast. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I could just speak like this all night. <laughs> there is something seductive about this voice. Uh, here's the thing. There's a flood of negative emotions okay. that is most closely described as being under naked under a giant microscope. Go on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about being followed for one to two miles with this red light right there yeah, beside you. It's one or two miles. But that's a long way, even driving. Right? So, yeah. on to the next. What's this story called? This story is called Untitled. Oh, what are the odds? I always used to have nightmares about the grays, or nightmares about watching a UFO in the sky just hovering and looking at me. Sometimes I would be minding my own business in these dreams, and when the greys would come, a feeling of indescribable horror would overtake me. I would try to run in these dreams, but I would feel the aliens crawling into my mind. I would become staggered and dizzy, and then my eyesight, eyesight in the dream, would fail. My limbs wouldn't move properly. Then, nothingness. I would wake up sometime later, shaking perhaps trying to rid myself of the sleep paralysis. I would often sit awake for an hour or so, and every time I thought about the nightmare, I would get the most intense shiver up my spine. Spine shiver sound. Sometimes, the dreams happen more than one night, and I always seem to have these dreams when I travel or go on vacation. One night, I decided I had enough and went back into the dream world, knowing what awaited me. Predictably, the greys came, and I could feel them probing my mind again. As they got closer, I became more dizzy and unfocused. Suddenly, from nowhere, I pulled out a sword and killed every one of them. I woke up, and I haven't had a dream like that since. It's been three years. I have no doubt it was just my mind, and that I conquered some fear I had from watching too many Stephen King movie adaptations as a kid. But it's very interesting to think, what if they were real and were probing my dreams and I destroyed their dream avatar or something? Also, um, I got friend zoned. <laughs> yep. This dream, this story totally happened. <laughs> I'll take things that never happened for 500, Alex. Yeah. Uh, the category is stories told on a school bus. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like I like that we mock these stories, but we also picked them. So yeah, just so you know, I mean, we picked them. They they didn't show up uh, anonymously, right? But yeah, that that is a that is that is a story told in the in the annals of junior high. To, He's to, a dream warrior. Yeah, he is a dream warrior. Like what was it that old uh, Dennis Quaid movie Dreamscape? Did you ever see that? Uh, I don't think I did, but I think of the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Dreamscape was. I don't. I don't know. Top of my head, uh, I'm sure the internet could. I'm just not going to look it up. I don't know if Dreamscape came before or after Nightmare on Elm Street, but similar thing. Dream Warriors. Yeah, 
Den- Dennis Quaid, though. Dream I, Warrior. I like being able to go back into Dream World. Yeah. How do I master that art? Right? I would never wake up. Yeah. Maybe I'm in it right now. <gasps> We're living a dream, my friend. Wow, what a shitty dream. Oh, this is an awesome dream. Hey, I'm making the best of it. I got the <laughs> podcast and all That's of you true. little shits. But moving on. Yeah, moving on. When I was about 13, I believed extraterrestrial beings were following me around. I used to have sudden urges to go outside in the middle of the night and look up at the stars. Often, I would see triangular-shaped aircraft hovering over me, then disappear. The house I lived in seemed to be haunted because I heard voices and saw non-human-shaped shadows through the corner of my eye. The creepiest part was when I would go places, an owl would follow me around. Who? <laughs> Everywhere I went, the same owl would be within my surroundings. The owl would let me get close to it, but it was always a few feet too high for me to actually touch it. This lasted about six months until I finally said my right words and said I wish the goblins would take you away right now. One night, I was in bed fully awake and scared because I felt like I was surrounded by a group of people. They were speaking in whispers and I couldn't make out what they were saying. Then, I remember being lifted and thrown on my bed. I was in a state of panic only to find my dad with his gun drawn in the doorway. He said that he had heard noises, and when he opened my bedroom door, I was floating. So he ran and grabbed his gun. After that episode, the owl, the aircraft, Jared, the shadows, and the feeling of being watched just vanished. I forgot about the baby. An owl, huh? Yep, yep. I feel like that owl, uh, that's got, like, some Whitley Strieber sprinkled in there. It's got the, did you ever see the fourth kind? I didn't. Everybody shits on that movie, but I really, I just thought it was cool. I mean, it's not, I I see why people make, like, they make this big deal. It's, um, it's not unlike, uh, the most recent season of, uh, American Horror Story, where, did you watch any of that? The Roanoke one? I haven't. They, they did this kind of interesting thing where, um, they were telling the, the story through like documentary interviews and including footage, but then there was also like dramatic reenactments. So they had two full sets of actors portraying the same people, hmm. and 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 it got super meta because then the actors portraying the people met the actual people, and so the fourth kind is kind of a similar thing where it's like it starts in like this woman's like, my name is Mila Jovovich, I'm an actress, I'm playing the role of this woman, and everything that happened is true and can be backed up with archived footage and everything. Like this whole thing is completely true, which spiz oilers. Nah, what? <laughs> nah, nah, it wasn't, but it was still a cool spooky movie. I thought no one on earth liked it. I might be the only person, but huh. I thought it was a cool alien abduction movie. That's it. All right. But there's a, there's a lot of, there's a, the reason I bring it up is, uh, everyone who's abducted, she Mila Jovovich plays like a uh, a therapist or a psychologist or something of that nature. Zombie hunter, zombie hunter, and everyone in this town who has like these problems, they all describe seeing uh, like oh, I woke up and I look out the window and there's this owl out there. Everyone describes seeing this owl, hmm. and like there's a really great. I mean, like the actors they got. I thought I don't know. I thought it was a good movie. Like the 
there's a there are great scenes where she's she's hypnotizing this guy and he's like I'm just looking at the window there's that owl again and I got to tell you I mean this there's something with this owl and I'm just it doesn't quite look right and you like the guy he's like it just uh, it's not it's not an owl it's not and then he just starts losing his shit and screaming and thrashing around on the sofa and trying to get away and I don't know um, it makes for a good made for a good movie all right do you think this is art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life? <laughs> yes, yes. I think, I think it's all it's all in one big bucket, getting stirred by the people who are into this stuff. I don't know. Just wondering if this the story came after the fourth. That's true. I mean, I, I I know that the idea of like imagery being implanted that the first I know about that, as far as it goes back is, is communion. Whitley Strieber had some stuff in there. Like, Oh, I saw a thing. I think it was even an owl, but I'm not a hundred percent sure anymore. It's been a long time. I'll, I'll tell you this. I remember reading communion when uh, I was a kid and I remember finishing it the day that star Trek, the next generation premiered. All right. Cause, cause I, cause I was like aliens, aliens. I don't know. It's a weird thing to remember it that way, but. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. On to the next. Yep. United States, 1969. Ah, Flora. What's this story called? The story is called, You're the Only One Who Thinks This Is Funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. The United States, 1969. Two teen employees at the Buff Ledge summer camp, named in reports as Janet and Michael, were sitting on the camp's boating dock late one afternoon. The sky around them was mostly empty, and as the sun began to set, a dazzling bright light appeared in the sky. As Janet and Michael watched the light, it began to draw closer. Three smaller lights emerged from the main light and erratically danced in the sky over the lake. Suddenly... One of the smaller lights quickly dove towards the lake below its surface. After a few minutes, the light resurfaced and flew towards the two teenagers. Revealing itself as some sort of craft, it began shining a bright beam of light towards them. Screaming, we don't want to go, Michael wrapped himself around Janet and felt a strange floating sensation in his pants. A moment later, the two teenagers were sitting on the dock watching the light vanish into the distance. They didn't discuss what had happened, and Michael later found out that Janet didn't remember anything beyond the bizarre lights. Following a decade of haunted dreams and obsessing over similar stories online, Michael sought regressive hypnosis. He recounted being taken aboard a mothership and having body samples taken by creatures with no ears, large eyes, and hands with just three webbed fingers. The aliens told Michael that they were visiting Earth to make life like ours other places. After the hypnosis sessions, Michael was able to make contact with Janet again and encouraged her to also try the therapy. Creepily, she recalled an almost identical story, even though she was totally unaware of what Michael had described. Raised eyebrow sound... Now, see, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right. Full review. <laughs> Three and a half stars, Dave Sticko. No, I agree. Pretty good one. What else we got? Okay. 
I like to think I'm a rational and oh wait, this story is untitled. This story doesn't have a title. Okay. I like to think I'm a rational intellectual, someone who would never be writing something like this. Well, here it goes. Dear Penthouse Forum, Two weeks ago, I woke up with this feeling of drowsy brain fog and two strange dots on my arm and neck. I didn't think much of it, just assumed it was acne. The night before is a hazy memory to me now, but I live in a studio apartment and had this uneasy feeling I wasn't alone in the apartment the last couple of nights. A few nights ago, I got home late from work, and I swear I was putting my key in the door. I could have sworn I heard tiny footsteps running away from the door. My apartment isn't big. It's not like there was anywhere to hide if something was in there. Anyhow, the next two weeks I had these really strange nosebleeds at work. I am a software engineer. They would come on suddenly, and it was a lot of blood. Then, stop. I got nervous, so I went and saw a doctor, but they said it was just allergies and dry air. The sort of thing never happens to me, though. Abduction didn't cross my mind until Friday, when I had this vivid, terrifying dream of being abducted. It was a praying mantis-type gray alien, and the surroundings were different. I was a child, like six, in my parents' old house. First it captured me, then I broke free and, and went to protect my brother. It moved crazy fast, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon almost. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that it moved like the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> um, it tried to take my brother, but we played baseball at the time. I grabbed a bat and started swinging, but froze. You know when Professor X freezes people with his mind? Sure. It was like that. I woke up in a cold sweat. Other things were very weird for the last two weeks. I felt this insane amount of empathy. I was always sternly focused on work, but I just bought a roll of $1 coins and I'm wrapping them in these fly-fishing dove feathers I have to give the homeless folks I see walking to work every day. He's wrapping coins in feathers? He's a software engineer. It's like, yeah... Yeah. I just want them to have some hope. It's an excruciating empathy, like I can feel their pain. I want to cry when I walk past them. Folks, a few weeks ago I was basically living a husk of Don Draper's life. Cold, dark, professional. I started creating artwork again, something I haven't done in years. I have a near photographic memory and can draw masterworks from memory, but I've let that go by the wayside for the last year as I focused on work. <sighs> this narrator likes to brag in parentheses, everybody. He can draw masterworks from memory. Just, you need to know that. He's a software engineer. <laughs> this last part is the craziest one. I can't tell, but I swear to God I heard my co-worker's thoughts. He was talking, and as we were walking to lunch, I heard clearly in my head, This guy doesn't listen to me. He's probably thinking about drawing masterworks. <laughs> uh, I clearly heard in my head, This guy doesn't listen to me. In his voice, his lips weren't moving. It's true, too. I thought the guy was kind of dumb as of two weeks ago. When we sat down for lunch and started eating, I started to really try to listen, and later on mentioned that I was listening to him. He gave me the oddest look. Probably because you mentioned uh, again that you wanted to draw him. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on, but I don't really want to regress or anything. Why wake a nightmare? I feel pain in strange places when I try to think about it. A metallic feeling in my belly button. Tinnitus in my head. A throbbing sensation in the base of my skull. 
I don't know what these creatures would want with me. It's not wish fulfillment or wanting to be special. I don't want that. I already was special. But I was an oddly sharp kid growing up. Learned how to read when I was ridiculously young. 18 months. I went on to study AI and now build AI simulacra in the CS field. That's computer science if you don't know. But my drug-addicted distant cousin also claimed aliens in quotes, so I can't yield any causality to my circumstances. Whatever they did, if it really was, quote, a they, I think it was ultimately for the better. After the nosebleeds and mental fog subsided, my work anxiety, anxiety is gone. I'm creating artwork, helping others. I genuinely feel more connected. Maybe they are simply here to help us, or just the ones who are always the best and always have been. This guy was actually admitted to a, a, a hospital for having broken his left arm in six places, jerking himself off. Right? This one's a stretch because, I mean, it's just too much about the narrator. Yep. There's just a lot of, of jerking. A lot of jerking. Too much jerking. Okay. In case you're wondering, this one's untitled. <laughs> I stopped wondering, but I never will stop wondering. I've had intense phobia of standard alien images since the early age of five. That was the first time I saw E.T. I can look at pictures of the alien franchise xenomorphs, no problem. But the more gray-like and spindly they are, I physically feel sick just looking at them. That communion book cover is terrifying. Yeah. I used to have sleeping problems with two recurring nightmares of seeing a UFO in the sky outside my room at my parents' house. I then rushed downstairs to check if the conservatory was locked. It was not. And then I would take the secret passage to the lounge and make sure that the rope was there. I will need it for later. Conservatory? Oh, of course. Everyone needs a conservatory. Uh, this, This is a dream, by the way. And when I go to grab the handle and lock it, I see a very long fingered gray hand grasp the handle. I always wake up then. The second dream was just literally me being in a room with a thick set six to seven foot tall gray and a ridiculously long-limbed spindly gray that takes up the whole room, its head craning down over the shoulder of the other one. It was impossible to look away from, no matter how hard I tried. I took sleep therapies and eventually learned a few life-saving lucid dream hacks so I could change the dream or wake myself up as soon as I noticed the recurring features beginning to manifest. When I came to tell my parents about the sleep problems, Mum revealed that she'd seen something similar. She swears up and down that a week after my birth, she checked on me every hour during the night to make sure I was still alive. One night, I'd been particularly bad. She came in and swears that she saw a wingless angel who took up the whole room standing over my bed, bent double. She stared at its face and remembers nothing else but an androgynous face she can't even draw. I mean, she she can't even draw it? She's not a software engineer. Oh, it's too bad. She said, without moving its lips, somehow it told her everything was fine 
and that she could go back to sleep. And she did. She thought it was an angel back then. Now, she's not so sure. What? Alien nightmares hadn't bothered me since 2009, but in November 2013, that changed. I woke up from a nightmare in which aliens were trying to get into the house where I was living with five other girls. <laughs> Humble brag. The first thing I did was check my door. I had a safety lock on it all the time, especially when I slept. It hadn't moved. It was about 6 a.m. and I didn't have class till 12, so I listened to my iPod till I could sleep again. When I woke again from my actual alarm at 9, I went to open the curtains and found long, thin streaks in the condensation on the window, like a handprint. What? I remember staring at it for a good few minutes, feeling sick. I have no long nails and never will because I'm gross and bite them. (laughs) Well, you're owning it. The shape was so distinct and the nails so clear it weirded me out. I woke up the three other housemates still at home. They honestly did not know what to make of it. To be honest, I think one girl finally clocked why I had immediately turned down the downstairs patio door bedroom when we'd assigned rooms. To double check that it hadn't been us or whatever for my peace of mind, really, I had us all attempt to recreate the handprint. To this day, everyone kind of just brushes it off with, wow, that is bizarre. But it honestly scares me. The idea that something could have been in my locked room right next to me and done that? Also wondering if it has anything to do with the thing my mother saw or whether she was just sleep deprived. But either way, Dad backed up her claim that she told him at the time. No idea why an alien would fly X amount of distance to come leave a weird shape on my window. Maybe I'd rather not know. Well, I'll tell you what, that's just good co-parenting. Dad backs the mom's claim. Yeah, Dad Dad doesn't want to sleep on the couch tonight. Yeah, no, Dad's no fool. Fingers on the window, dreams of something standing over you. That, I mean, that's a bad combo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah finger, fingerprints on the window and anything's a bad, fingerprints on the window and <laughs> fucking pepperoni pizza is a bad combo. <laughs> It's a bad combo. <laughs> it's not my bother. All right, I got one for you here. All right. This story is untitled. What's it called? <laughs> I've been having weird nights the last two nights, specifically nights. Don't say nights, I said nights. I wake up suddenly and my vision is fuzzy, almost pixelated. I feel intensely that someone is in my room. No, sorry. I feel intensely that someone is on my room. Last night I woke up to a dog barking, but it didn't sound like my dog. I wasn't sure if my dog was in my bed, so I checked and he was sound asleep in his bed on the floor next to ours. I felt scared. I immediately cuddled up to my husband, who seemed restless himself. I didn't see any entities, but I could feel them. It felt like a psychic encounter. It's hard to explain, but what I felt was something was trying to understand my consciousness and spirituality. What makes me human? I felt an insect-like presence, not an animal or a human connection, like a being with no soul. It's weird because it's an encounter based on feeling instead of seeing anything. I feel terrified. I wake suddenly but can't get out of bed at night. My feet were asleep one night and freezing even though it wasn't cold. 
I heard my dog walking, but he was asleep. Our house is creaky and I do laundry at night, so there are justifiable noises. I have noticed scratches and cuts on my hip and thigh area, and I thought I scratched myself. I used to get unexplained bruises. I noticed a large bump on my inner thigh, like a bug bite, and then today it's gone. My dog constantly jumps up out of sleep, totally scared, and that has only happened since we moved into this house. For a while, he would chase a nothing, like as if a rat was running through the house. He was very playful about it, and it was super creepy. My husband thought there must be a critter under our house. There is a crawl space. (laughs) I've gotten nosebleeds lately, and that hasn't happened since I was a kid. I feel so tired and unmotivated. Have a hard time working. I work from the home. I work out at a home. <laughs> Aqua Teens Carl there. Uh, I constantly see repeat numbers on the clock every time I look at it. The first night when I woke up feeling a presence, I saw light, like moving around even though I had my sleep mask on. It was like lights were inside my eyes. I felt as though I was in my bedroom, but it wasn't my room, like I was under a facade slash hallucination to protect my memory while I was in fact somewhere else. I also get a tingling sensation on my forehead at at random times. I feel crazy for considering aliens. I can't tell anyone. Maybe my brother. He is a bit out there. And he has always maintained that he was taken as a kid. I remember when he was five or six and he wouldn't sleep in his room and said there was an evil E.T. My parents just thought it was a normal boogeyman stuff and he started sleeping with my mom. He still maintains what he saw to this day. And like I said, he's a bit out there. My husband will think I'm insane. What can I do? I'm really scared and sad about this. Disclosure? I did ayahuasca 11 days ago. Could this be lingering effects? Could I have opened my psyche to unwanted entities? Here's what I imagine. If we were making a film of this story, it's this woman describing all of this and then reveals the person that she's talking to to be the bus driver and says, ma'am, you need to stand behind the yellow line. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, a scared pup in that one. Yeah. Or wants to play with uh, an entity. Right. Yeah. Playfully, but terrifyingly playfully. Yeah, creepy, creepy, playful. Mm-hmm. The worst combination since fingerprints and pepperoni pizza. <laughs> creepy, playful. All right. Uh, provocatively, this one is entitled Untitled. Okay. I was sitting outside one night reading. All of a sudden, it felt as though, as though something was smothering me. I started to panic because I couldn't breathe. I tried to scream, but nothing came out. Then the edges of my vision became blurry, and more and more of my vision started getting that way until it looked like I was looking through a screen of smoke. Suddenly, I felt cold all over. And I not only live in Florida, so that's unusual, but I also never get cold on account of the hot American blood running through my veins. I'd like to hear a little more about that. Later. Why don't you run out and get us a hike of Milwaukee's best, and then (laughs) I'll tell you all about it. Then when my vision cleared, I was in a room. The room was pure white, with what I think was fluorescent lights all over the place. I was laying on a hard surface. Saw movement off in the distance, so I couldn't make out who or what it was. All my fear was gone. I felt numb all over. I remember closing my eyes, and not long after, 
felt someone grab my wrist. I opened my eyes and there was what looked like a human female, only taller than anyone I've seen, standing above me. Their skin was rough and cold, and their eyes looked like they saw everything and knew everything. I took a sharp instrument and made a small slice in my hand. Then I felt something crawling up my arm. I couldn't see it. Boy, I could feel it. It was heading for that cut. I wasn't afraid. It was like I, I wanted it to happen. Then all of a sudden, I couldn't feel it anymore. I saw more movement in the background and voices talking in a language I couldn't understand. And by the way, stop right there. <laughs> want you to know. Siabla, <laughs> some bitch. Siabla. That's, That's right. I'm the kind of person who can tell you off in 133 different languages. I'm I'm well versed in filthy idioms of a hundred different cultures. <laughs> well, it's a hobby of mine. Then something passed over my face, and I think it made me fall asleep or knock me out or some damn thing. Well, then I remember waking up on a hard white bed. Saw a few cages in the room with small animals in it. Squirrels, rabbits, shit like that. <laughs> they came to me and took my wrist in their hand again. Once again, I felt something crawl up my arm and dig inside of the cut. Once again, I heard murmurs in another language, and it sounded like they said it inside my head, but a soft voice whispered, We're taking you home. Then there it was, back in my yard, my book of different languages laying next to me, <laughs> and a cut of my palm that was no longer bleeding. When I looked up at the sky, I discovered that it was almost daylight. But since this event, almost a year ago, I've experienced a sensitivity to bright lights and a feeling of being, I don't know, disconnected on occasion. I woke up just four months ago with a heart-shaped burn on my hand, but it, it wasn't painful. It didn't hurt. I wasn't crying. I don't know what the hell's going on. Now I'm trying to learn how to say what the hell's going on in 133 <laughs> languages. Well, that one that one ticks off the um, the box of not wanting to be operated on when you're when you can't do anything about it, right? Florida man, Florida man, he's uh, always up to something. <laughs> All right, I got one here. Now this shoot you should know is entitled "From a Case Investigated by Philip Imbrongo." Imbrogno. That's right, the Philip Imbrongo. On July 2nd, 1987, I received a call from a 36-year-old woman from Toms River, New Jersey, whom I shall call Gail. Fun fact, Flora. I love him. In 1987, I myself was in Toms River, New Jersey. My dad lived there at the time. I just went to visit. In Toms River? Yeah. Huh. In July? No, I was there in February. You missed out, mother... <laughs> I was. I, I, you idiot. Stupid... <laughs> 10-year-old Dave Stacko, or I guess I'd be uh, 11 at the time. Anyway, point is this. Other th fun fact about Tom's River, New Jersey, it's where the um, the Amityville Horror House is, but not the actual haunted house that it's based on, but like the one they used in the movie. I see. That's it. So the set. 
Yeah, my dad, dro- my dad drove me by the house. He's like, that's the Amityville Horror House. I was like, sweet, can we watch it? He was like, no, you're 11. I was like, why did you bring me here? <laughs> oh, where we? oh, yeah, whom I shall call Gail. Gail was very troubled on the phone and insisted that she talk to me about a UFO-related experience that she had. During the last part of June, 1987, as she was lying down on her bed, she felt somewhat uneasy as if someone was watching her. The time was 10 p.m. Then she heard a voice say, We have come for you. You will not be hurt. She then realized that her entire body was paralyzed and that she could only move her eyes. Gail was lying on her back. She was alone in the house at the time, but does live there with her 17-year-old daughter, who was away visiting her father in Croton Falls, New York. Important detail. Gail is divorced, also important. Three beings were dressed in something that looked like tightly fitting jumpsuits and stood in a single row, one behind the other. The light in the hall was dim and she could not see their features. She noticed that they were about five feet tall with very long arms. The leader, according to Gail, seemed to have a problem getting into the room. It was as if some type of invisible shield was blocking his way. He lifted up his hands and pressed them against the invisible shield. The leader then took some type, of, some type of rod out from a side pocket and turned the bottom of it. The rod then glowed with a green light and he passed it over the doorway area. They then walked into the room without any effort. As they entered the room, still in a single file, she noticed that they had large head and eyes that looked like a cat's which wrapped around their heads. She never heard them talk but heard all kinds of buzzing noises in her head when the leader communicated with the others. Gail tried to scream but could not she could only move her eyes. Uh, The leader placed himself on her right side. Then one of them went to the foot of the bed and the other on the left side of the bed. The beings on each side of her then placed their hands under her head and raised it up. She then noticed that that the one on her left took a tube of what looked like a narrow roll of white cotton and started pushing it up her left nostril. At that moment, she felt extreme pain in her head and then started to lose consciousness. She felt as if she was falling from a great height. Then she does not remember anymore. The next thing she recalls is waking up at 8 a.m. with a very bad headache. As she walked to the bathroom, her nose, both nostrils, started to bleed. She felt as if something was stuck up her nose, but nothing was there. She looked in the bathroom mirror and noticed her nose was swollen and puffy. She noticed a rash on her neck and legs and slightly on her arms. She had hoped that the experience from last night was a dream and tried to block it out of her head. When her daughter arrived home that night, she told her about what had happened. Gail told me that before she even finished with her story, her daughter started shaking and then told her that on the same night, about the same time, she and her father were followed by a UFO on Route 116 near Croton Falls, New York. She described to her mother a large dark craft, triangular in shape, that paced the car for five minutes above treetop level. The end. Uh, okay. There was a little more to that in the case file or whatever, but um, it just didn't seem like it mattered. Yeah, a lot of this is kind of like, there's a lot of weird disjointed facts in here. So I, I think this, it's it's like an investigation. It reads like, it, it is the Phillips investigation of this encounter, almost like a MUFON uh, investigation would be, you yeah. know, it's, it's, yeah, it's very fact heavy. And even though it's telling this woman's anecdote, which is creepy enough, I mean, 
as we've no doubt seen in all these stories here, the creepiness comes out of being out of control, I think. You, you have no control over what's going on to you. Yeah. What's happening to you. And I'll say this, like, oh, sorry, keep going. I don't want to. No, no, that's, go ahead. The one thing about this story is that it does, there's a part of it that seems like to me, remember I told you about my alien abduction dream? Yes. There's a part of this that sounds familiar, like, like it was similar to the dream that I had in that, like, you can't move. You hear someone whispering. Right. I don't remember any of the middle part, but. And to me, that's the freakiest uh, stuff about it. It's when you do remember the middle part, and the middle part is when they're, like, operating on you. <laughs> you know, there, there, are, there are things you can't identify that are intelligent and are cutting into you at the same time that they're saying, don't worry. Right? Everything's fine. Yeah. We come in peace. Slurglurk. Yeah. It comes on pace. Get him. <laughs> Get him. So, yeah, I, I just, I think being out of control and powerless to, to stop something that, you know, kind of comes and gets you at night. Yeah. And not knowing when or how it does it. That's where the creep creeps in. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, the idea that like, there's a lot happening, like, you know, and there's a few things that touch on this kind of terror for me. The, um. What do they call? What are the Doctor Who guys called that you forget the minute you're not looking at them? The silence. The silence. Same kind of thing that like they, you have moments in your life where you are terrified and then you forget. And so you keep reliving these moments of terror. But then the thing that's scaring you can make you forget it. Yeah. And then that's super creepy. And I think that's like the repeated abduction thing, the lost time that there's things happening and you're, you're living this hell regularly. And that while you're awake, I'm sure, I mean, while it's happening, the first thing you think of is like, oh, I got to get the hell out of here. And then boom, reset button, groundhog day. And you're right back in the same bed. Yep. Ugh. yeah. Yeah. And, and having your memories effed with and, um, not knowing if there's something inside you um, or why this is happening. You know, it's <laughs> right. There's a lot of good uh, stuff in here for these stories. And like we said, for the most part, that's probably all these things are. Yeah. They're, they're good stories that touch upon a lot of uh, those triggers in someone's psyche that make you uncomfortable. Yeah, or they're a convenient vehicle to let everyone know that you're an amazing artist, a software engineer, you've always been the smartest, and also now you can read minds. Right, if we decide oh. to leave that one in. <laughs> and don't, don't forget the crushing empathy. and the. I'll tell you what, wrapping coins in dove feathers, that's insane. <laughs> that is insane. Well, yeah, and that's, that's, why, that's why it's hard to take any of these very serious right some fucking neck bearded cringe lord is just like oh what's the most empathetic thing i can do what if i gave money to hungry people Ooh, that's not enough i need to wrap each coin in the feather of a dove friend zone (laughs) no (laughs) my lady Because you don't get rid of them that easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Uh, 
Yep. No, uh, no debunking for this one. I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's I, just fun to, to read <laughs> every now and then. So um, agreed. Totes agreed. I, I, you know, I'm, we've heard stories from people before. And like I said, it's hard to, it, it, it's hard to sit back uh, and judge these things when, and having not experienced it yourself, you know, because some people truly believe they have experienced these and I'm not here to say whether they have or haven't, but it's also uh, a, a fine line you have to walk for people who aren't just making this up on Reddit to, to get fictional points or whatever. Right. Some people actually are very affected by, by this sort of stuff. Absolutely. And that's an excellent point. Um, you're a hundred percent right that, you know, this, there, there are people, you know, that say anything that, you know, like it's pretty obvious that like there are some software engineers who just really don't feel like they're getting enough attention, but there are also people who have recurring nightmares. Yeah. They, they are tormented by this 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 phenomenon that's happening to them and i'm not seeing they're being abducted by aliens but if it's ruining in your life and it is it is giving you anxiety and messing with your health and affecting how you sleep then what's the diff it's still fucking with your shit hardcore and whether it's uh a psychological problem or maybe displaced stress or, you know, and even there's a, a, a myriad of causes for something like this. And, and you know what? I will leave alien abduction on the list. Why not? You know, maybe it's really happening to some people, but the point is, is that these people are not enjoying the ride. Right. Well, unless you're a software engineer, there are, in which case you built the ride too, because you've always been really good at theme park rides. <laughs> There's a, um, I, I would say more evidence that it's not alien abductions than there is for it. Uh, and, and I don't know that I would leave alien abductions on the list personally. My, that's just myself. But you also have to wonder, like, are some of these, not the stories, but what people are telling, is it covering up something that did happen to them? This is sort of a post-traumatic stress thing that they have created this story to mask what actually happened. Maybe right. it's a, a, to make it so they can talk about it without right. Uh, uh, or even they've sectioned it off so much in their brain. They literally ha are keeping it from themselves because it's too disturbing. I'm thinking of like uh, molestation or rape or, you know, something very terrible and, and traumatic that's, that's happened to them that they need to create something to protect themselves from it and they don't you know and at that point they don't even i i feel like i've read that that this is a coping mechanism that people have actually observed or done but you know of course i we we just looked up stories stories for shiggles and i, <laughs> I don't have any sources or anything for just this conversation we're having so right but you know it's it's still worth talking about i think it's impressive like i mean it's like that there's this is uh, it's it's fun because it's aliens and shenanigans and right. and, and, and most of them are, are probably made up <laughs> right, but but it it still doesn't ever take away from the fact that the people who who believe to be experiencing this and I I can't I am not qualified to determine if that's true or not yeah but the their results are are what matter and those are very real yeah a lot of people have to to do these hypnotic regression therapies to cope with this or to to explain it away or 
as silly as it was with the uh, pulling out a sword and you know defeating the Avatar, like in a way, it's it's a it's it's a sort of mental construct that you use in order to get over something uh, that you can't get over mentally. Yeah, does that make sense? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I, I it's 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 a a way for a person to work through or cope with yeah uh a, a trauma or a, or an issue the 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 threat being that it is actually a way to avoid working through or coping with mm. um you know what i mean like i i think i can see that going both ways and uh, if i'm being honest i think it going the the bad way more often um you know i'm i'm not a victim this didn't happen to me here's what really happened aliens Right, right, and 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 I think I think I see what you're getting at, and it's a hundred percent right. I think it's it's a tragedy that the way stigma goes for you know, especially victims of of any kind of sexual abuse or anything like that. It is easier to be at a dinner table with your family and say I was abducted by aliens than to say this thing happened to me. You right. know, and that's 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 a sad tragedy in of itself. <sighs> Puns. <laughs> No, no, that's, I mean, it's, it it is interesting to talk about it all. Just like you said, it's all shiggles and stuff, but, um, there's, you know, you you can look deeper to, to some deeper issues. And I think it's sometimes important to keep that in mind and and not just make fun of the cringe lords. (laughs) Right. I mean, don't, don't forget to make fun of the cringe lords, (laughs) but that's not the whole reason you're there. So that's, that's some alien abduction stories for you and a paralyzed mm-hmm. medically mm-hmm. implanted yes not so humble brag nutshell <laughs> yeah perfect oh man and the only thing that that uh keeps me awake at night is uh when i look to the window and just see the streaked handprint of <laughs> laura why don't you go first okay well, Dave, as a man in today's abduction-prone world, you have to be ready for when the Nordics come for you. Right. Unfortunately, as you get older, you find that your fear levels might go up while your libido might go down. Oh no, I've got low T. And the last thing you want to do is disappoint a weird, but hot, but weird, extraterrestrial lady on that special night. Hashtag Palladians. That's why you need some male alien enhancement pills. Alien enhancement pills. I gotcha. I gotcha. For that special kind of sleep paralysis. Whew. I get it. Do you? Do you? Alien enhancement pills. I got one here for you. Oh, please. Yeah. There's a phenomenon that happens of people who are haunted, I mean tormented daily, by uh, perhaps an old judgment or uh, a tax issue where the government is actually taking some of the money from your account. They, they, uh, in some cases, they place a lien on your property. Okay. And it, it just, people are visit Every time they try to sleep, it's all they can think about. But there is a phenomenon that has been proven to help, and that's a lien reduction. <laughs> Helps people, helps people a little bit. Helps to... With that lean. Yeah. (laughs) 
Bunta! Well, you know, with all the wear and tear on alien anti-grav machines and tractor beam equipment and all that jazz, sometimes stuff comes loose or starts falling apart. You know what I'm talking about. You got a truck. Oh, yeah. On it. Yep, yep, yep. New machines are expensive as space f- <laughs> But you can extend the life of your equipment by investing in some inexpensive abduct tape. Abduct tape? That was good. That one slid in like a thin blade. Like like a laser scalpel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a new uh got a new sponsor for the podcast. We do? We sure do. We sure do. I'm so glad you are they gonna actually pay us? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It really depends on how much we can help with their sales. <laughs> um hold on, let me let me get the uh the ad copy here. There it is. Phineas J. Cringe Lord's Trilby Emporium and Trenchcoat Warehouse. Are you a sir? Are you actually secretly classy? But where do you hide your swords? Come on down to Phineas J. Cringe Lord's Trilby Emporium and Trenchcoat Warehouse. 10% off all Richard Dawkins books with discount code NECKBEARD. Come to our May the 4th be with you sale where cargo shorts are half off. <laughs> And what better way to say, my lady, <laughs> than a festive My Little Pony Friendship is Magic keychain. That's Phineas J. Cringe Lords, Trilby Emporium, and Trenchcoat Warehouse. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh. Well, that'll, that'll do it for puns. Yeah, well. Yep. The only thing more terrifying than the fetid stench of an unwashed neck beard. Is the literate reek of listener mail? Can't you kick us off? Sure, we got an email from BC. That's before Chesus. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to your Druids podcast. I'm new. I'm catching up. Leave me alone. I dig it, man. You boogie on. I was about to hassle you. Yeah, he was. You stopped him just in time. Uh, someone else has probably pointed this out by now, but I noticed you missed out on a golden opportunity to do a t- cheap trick live at Boudicca pun. Well played, sir. During listener mail, you also skipped a potential badonka onk pun. <laughs> but since the girl in question was 15, probably for the best. I agree. Because so often, good taste prevails on blurry photos. <laughs> Finally, in case no one's made this pun yet, few people know that the Wampa from The Empire Strikes Back goes by the name of the Hoffman. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I normally dislike podcasts that tangent or do shtick, but in blurry photos, it's a delight and part of the attraction. Keep up the good and hilarious work. We do not do shtick. We are careful comedians whose incisive wit strips bare all the false fronts of society i like to think we walk softly and carry a big shtick Ooh, i there's your t-shirt you did it (laughs) (laughs) thanks bc also we didn't miss on the puns we left them for you all yeah sometimes we're like let's not be pun greedy and I'm like, give me all the puns. And Flora's like, puns. don't be greedy. And I'm like, fine. Hey. I <laughs> uh, heard from Chris. Hi, Chris. Find your show and love it. Thank you. Thank you. It's a fun connection between my daughter and me while she's away at school. That's nice. That's nice to hear. Yeah, I dig that. 
And uh, Chris asks for the EVP clip and where he can find it. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what, Chris. There are couple places to find it and i think the the easiest way to get there is to go to our archives page look for the evp episode on there i've put a link to that uh to that evp on youtube by that uh post so yeah the link the link to the youtube video should be by the episode number on there uh it's it was on the art bell show and there's a couple of youtube videos of art talking to the people that supposedly got the EVP. I'll, and I'm going to tell you, the EVP does not stand the test of time. No, no. In the moment, it was creepy. Yeah, but it was creepy when we were doing the research and up real late at night and had nothing else going on. But um, yeah, since then, we've kind of become better at spotting bullshit. And also listeners, uh, fellow Blurievers are very good at spotting that, that kind of BS too uh, and have pointed out a lot of good things to think about. But if uh, yeah, if you're interested, yep, check out the archive. Right, Dave, that's where it is, isn't it? It sure is. I yep, there? yep. Okay. I just verified it. I've got yep. You got the link. It's still good to that Art Bell episode. So Bob's your uncle. Alrighty, there you go. Thank you, Chris, and thanks, Chris's daughter. Mm-hmm. All right, up next, Dan. Dan, the space pirate, space yar, yar galaxy. Uh, I first heard of you guys while listening to Kyle and Cam on Expanded Perspectives and have been hooked ever since. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. I'm currently working my way through your back catalog and loving it so far. Some of my favorites are the Dover Demon, La Llorona, Spring Hill Jack, and all the Miz Cryptids. Well, you, oh, sir, are in luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ghost Stories and countless others. I'm not lying when I say that listening to you guys gets me through my long and boring workday as well as long trips on the road. So for that, I'm eternally grateful. Well, so are we. Lots of eternal great because <laughs> I also am grateful eternally. Uh, okay, now that I've expressed my gratitude, let's get down to brass tacks. I have some puns and a couple of show suggestions. Awesome. Before O.J. Simpson's career took a small detour, he was approached by a large TV network to start his own buddy cop series in which he and a recently freed genie with limited magic abilities <laughs> would work together to solve <laughs> crimes, often with hilarious results. It was called... Gin and the juice. <laughs> I like nice. that. During the late 1970s, the spirit of a new wave rock band with, quote, the knack for writing hit songs wanders the American West searching for... La, 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 Yorona. Dan the Space Pirates also got some excellent show suggestions. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And he ends with, sorry for the poor grammar and run on sentences. Keep up the great work. Freebush 2017. F***ing A, right? Woo! Randy Freebush. <laughs> Thanks, Dan the Space Pirate. Thank you, Dan. All right, Dave. Yeah, I'm going to cut listener mail because uh, we have to go to we have to go to court. We've got a court date. Oh, sh- yeah. We can't be late for court because the judge is a real D. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, so not. so let us let us then uh, proceed yeah. to uh, to check out what justice has in store. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what's on the docket. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the time where we all are vindicated and or <laughs> revenged and or avenged and or, maybe or just oven mitted savaged or, or we're oven baked. Is that what you said? Yeah, we, we could get avenged uh, fivefold. 
Sixfold? Uh, don't don't start because you're gonna you're gonna anger. <laughs> you want penalty those, boxes because this is how you get them. <laughs> those who have left and come back. <laughs> uh, so uh, joining us for this penalty box hearing because we're we it, it was such a, a big deal. We got a bunch of uh, uh, penalty box completely earnest because we invented the penalty box. We can't be crybabies about the system of justice we enacted ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, claims, I guess. They are accusations. They, yeah, they are alleged we, we subpoenaed. crimes against yeah. veracity. And, uh, and joining us to judge these, <laughs> we, we've, we've boiled them down basically to two main claims. Uh, and to judge, to hear our cases, to judge and pass uh, sentences, mm-hmm. if need be, on us, is <laughs> your friend and mine. The Honorable. Dark Mark Soloff from Blaster Podcast. <laughs> Mad dog solo. <laughs> Bulldog of the bench. What's up, blurry photos? He's order, a legal people. Court. I am a legal judge. I have been adjudicated. I'm Judas. I eat escargot for lunch, and I eat pieces of shit like you for a midnight snack. <laughs> I, I skip breakfast. Welcome I to my crazy clown courthouse. <laughs> this, this is not what I wanted at all. <laughs> what? Let's, yeah. let's You're in Crud's courtroom now. What? Litigious. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so I'm vaguely aware of the situation. Apparently, you, you, you boys had a bit of a fracas <laughs> with some Paleolithic creatures. Uh, there were some allegedly, alternate- allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, you did disgrace uh, upon the factual nature of our Sarishian yeah. friends. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've I've gathered a, a few of the claims, at least uh, the ones, and we've split it. There's there's a claim uh, that Dave misspoke or or spread misinformation. I guess is the is the official claim. Yeah. Uh, about Brontosaurus, not, yep. not being Brontosaurus. Use the B word. And then... Um, That's their word. I have retained legal counsel in the name of uh, D. Flora Esquire the Third from Flora, 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 Fart Sound and Flora. <laughs> the Fart Sound is a silent partner. <laughs> <laughs> silent but deadly. Um <laughs> Uh, and I and I think there's a claim. Basically, it's coming upon me uh, that the Demetrodon was not a dinosaur. Not yep. a dinosaur. Well, we we can get into it. I think uh, I I actually have uh, uh, retained legal counsel from the uh, law firm of uh, Swindler Ste- Stecco and and Swindlesomes. <laughs> do we do we cheat him and how? That's right. And yeah, he will be uh, defending me against the, that claim, and uh, I shall be defending he against the Brontosaurus claim. Yeah. Um, now, in this court of public opinion, uh, Mark, you are literally judge, jury, and executioner. You are the law. Nice. So you- It's the role I was born to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only God, asterisk, can judge me, Mark Soloff. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> now, let's get on with it. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, first up on the docket, People versus David Flora. Gavel sound. 
<laughs> I have that. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Silence in the aisles. Reporters, put down your old-timey flash cameras. <laughs> let, let, let the defendant through. Let him through. I am Judge Mark Ner, as you know. <laughs> and now we will hear, in the case of the uh, Miss the Brunt Bronta. Flora De- is Demetrodon. A, yeah, Flora is accused Demetrodon of, first of describing a Demetrodon as a dinosaur. We will do them in chronological order of evolutionary sequence <laughs> and hear the Demetrodon case first. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right because we're just going to end up back here if you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put me in a penalty box. That I don't have the technology. On you're my outside show. of our jurisdiction. Here's the law. All right, okay. Now, Your Honor, I'm not here to argue whether a Demetrodon is or is not a dinosaur. In what? point of fact, it is not a dinosaur, Your Honor. And, and, and that is an immutable fact. And I can't change that, and I'm not going to ask you or the jury to do that either. What I will argue, however, is that the Demetrodon's inclusion into the name dinosaur is a, is a common colloquialism. It is a generally understood principle by all people that a tiny lizard with a giant sail on its back that lived millions of years ago is, in fact, a dinosaur in common usage. Now, Yana, I would like to take your attention just for a moment to several pages I've pulled up on the Internet. First of all, at eBay, the Bowley Educational Toys 12-pack includes a 9-inch realistic toy dinosaur figure for cool kids and toddler education. Included in that set, Your Honor, is a Demetrodon. Now, I would even go one step further and say if you go to dinosaurus.com, under Dinosaur Toys, a Demetrodon is in fact sold. And, in case you're wondering, no, it is not suitable for ages under three. A lot of pointer ends on a Demetrodon, Your Honor. Furthermore, the Fun Express Large Assorted Dinosaur Toy Figure Set also includes a Demetrodon, Your Honor. My client is not a paleontologist, nor is a toddler trying to learn about the world around him, which is where a love of the wonder of dinosaurs is given unto a child. Now, I could run through any elementary school jacking children against the wall and demanding that they understand the complete evolutionary cycle of everything they draw on a notebook. But where's the fun in that? Where's the learning, Your Honor? I would propose that my client has a perfectly good common man's understanding of what is and is not a dinosaur. He at no point attempted to portray himself as a paleontologist, nor did he cite specific genus and species when speaking. He's simply a common man giving common utterance to a common belief. The defense rests, Your Honor. Mr. Flora, do you have anything? Hey, stop. Take... (laughs) Strike those claps from the record. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Pull those hands apart. Mr. Flora, do you have anything to say in your own defense? Uh, no, Your Honor. I believe that my counsel has covered the basics. I, I uh, had toys as a child that were Demetrodons, and they were always listed as dinosaurs. Mm. And, and therefore, I, I was misled, Your Honor. Well, after hearing the facts, after hearing arguments from one side... <laughs> And hearing a man describe web pages. <laughs> I have no choice but to remind you, gentlemen, that the Blurry Photos podcast 
It's not a podcast about getting the facts just right enough. It's about exploring the unexplained and explaining the unexplored. Damn it. That's the secondary. It's the secondary <laughs> test. <laughs> now, I feel when something is explained to me, if it is just close enough, that's not good enough. I need the facts, gentlemen. The facts. And I, a common ignorant ape <laughs> presiding over this clown court, happen to know that Demetrodon is not a dinosaur. Everybody knows that. Uh, Your Honor, Did you uh, see objection, it? Your Honor. We all do not have the benefit of working <laughs> in a museum. <laughs> Mr. Stecco, <laughs> you, of all people who claim to jack children against the wall earlier... You can read back the transcript on that one. <laughs> you will be found in contempt of court if you bring up my actual place of employment. <laughs> because on the internet, I am not allowed to represent that institution. The audience is, the audience is instructed to disregard the testimony. It is commonly known that the Demetrodon is not a dinosaur. However, however, much like squares and rectangles being related, but not the same, I will not throw the fullest extent of the law against Mr. Flora. Ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it. However, I believe he broke it with good intent. And so his sentence will be revealed right after this. (laughs) (laughs) This episode brought to you by Make Space. (laughs) How big's your jury? Know your place of business. (laughs) No, your honor. (laughs) yeah i'm feeling real stabby this afternoon (laughs) so flora's flora's sentence will be contingent upon the next case that we hear it's gonna be a double or nothing (laughs) man well that's a legal precedent oh no i find you i find you uh hazily guilty that's that's the second worst kind. I of find you schmilty. <laughs> Guiltish? <laughs> I find you oh. guiltsy. <laughs> these are all these are all names of fashion blogs, by the way. Guiltsy. Yeah, Demetrodon, not a dinosaur. Not a dinosaur. <sighs> I thought I'd built a pretty solid case for you, Flora. <laughs> I I'm on the side of your audience with most of these, you guys, because I was a dinosaur kid. I turned into a human, but I'm for a while there. <laughs> now I blame the hormones in milk. <laughs> All right. I haven't heard a gavel. That's because we need to insert a gavel sound. <laughs> dong, it. dong. Now it's official. <laughs> Law and order sound. Next case. This is the uh, the people and brontosaurus versus David Stecco, <laughs> your honor. Old, uh, whoa, whoa. Old-timey flashbulb reporters, please, please. <laughs> Let Mr. Stecco through. Bailiff, restrain that reporter. Come on! Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Your Honor, we're gathered here today to not mourn the loss of the Brontosaurus and not celebrate that it may be back again, like some ancient, gigantic Slim Shady. The claims at hand, Your Honor, uh, come from a pair of Darths uh, of the audience... (laughs) Darthulu, who sent us the claim of, with no malice intended, Dave Stecco has distributed an untruth to the world, while his assumption that the Brontosaurus was an invalid species of sauropod 
was correct, it has since been determined that the original classification was true. And from Darth Mexicanus... We have a Darth of Darths. I am forced to inform you that Stecco has committed three unpardonable sins, two of which came from the Dino episode. Uh, Your Honor, I move to throw out two of the three. The third came from prom. (laughs) All right, you're not helping yourself. Settle down. (laughs) Uh, the first, uh, the first that Darth Mexicanus uh, uh, claims, Stecco, how did you survive the '80s and miss the cinematic masterpiece that is Baby, <laughs> the Living Dinosaur? Very easily, Your Honor. Second, Brontosaurus is back, bitch. In the last few years, examination of the fossils have shown enough at difference that it has caused paleontologists to declare the Brontosaur as its own unique species. And then third, which I am also moving to throw out. I am a stay-at-home dad with a five-month-old. We listen to blurry photos at home, and the dulcet tones of Uncles Dave and David often puts little poopacabra to sleep. However, in an episode from before the break, Stecco yelled out listener mail without so much as a seg. <laughs> Needless to say, you woke the little one who refused to stop crying and go back to sleep for at least an hour. No, that, that, that's inadmissible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing <laughs> I'm throwing that charge out of court right now because your show is about conspiracies and scary monsters. No child, <laughs> be they of Mexican descent or or Sith. or Sith, should be listening to this at sleep time. If they listen to Black Eyed Kids episode, they're gonna be haunted for years to come. Yeah, there there is an assumption of risk uh, when when pushing play on Blurry Photos Podcast. That's right. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, I appreciate that. And then from Lysgenator. Uh, Lysgenator. I hate to say it. <laughs> Lysgenator. Lysgenator? <laughs> hate to say it, but the Bronto is back. Don't know if it's penalty box worthy as it's still being debated, but wanted to give you a heads up. And uh, two out of the three, Your Honor, have listed the Scientific American article... Uh, the Brontosaurus is back from April 7th, 2015, mm-hmm. in which it uh, says that, indeed, paleontologists have discovered that the bones of the Brontosaurus, which were uh, at first classified as a Patasaurus. Yes. And then when they, when they decided I know. that... you Okay. It's dinosaur kid. Everyone knows. <laughs> right. So, basically, the uh, uh, to sum up the article, they they said that the Brontosaurus is unique enough in anatomy to be its own species within the sauropod family. So, uh, I would like to direct your attention, Your Honor, to two facts, one of which I would like you just to consider in your verdict. That being, that article from Scientific American was less than two years old at the time of the Living Dinosaurs episode recording. My client did not have nearly the time or resources for a random article on the internet to get to him in less than two years. I would also like to point out, to tack on to that, that I looked for more information and more articles saying that the Brontosaurus is back. And, Your Honor... I came up nearly empty, and the things I did find that said that the Brontosaurus was back only parroted that Scientific American article, mostly from the same day. 
So, my second point of fact comes from Time.com, not so fast, Brontosaurus, from April 9th, 2015. This, written by paleontologist Michael Demick, a research instructor at Stony Brook University and a research associate at the Burpee Museum of Natural History. Burpee? Let's keep on moving, Your Honor. Let's keep on moving. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of my improv troupe in college. Michael, Mr. Demick, Mr. Demike, Demick, I, there's an apostrophe in there, Your Honor, uh, says basically that he doesn't disagree with uh, his colleagues who say that the Brontosaurus uh, should have its own name and, and be back, but he does find fault with how rushed the study was published. Uh, in point of fact, they analyzed uh, each published fossil ascribed to a group of dinosaurs called Dipicidae. Mm-hmm. They had impressive detail, he even gives them, but what happened was they were only uh, theories for each one that basically got published without even uh, having had them reviewed. It's non-traditional. It only includes anatomical information to determine the species, disregarding any other information. And he relates it to saying, well, it's like changing the rules of planets. First you had Pluto that was a planet. Now it's not a planet. Are we just going to change the rule again and suddenly it is a planet? And then we have like 10 other planets in the, in the solar system? Like, we need something in place so it's not just consistently arbitrary and it's consistently technical and black and white which i agree with but you know that's my opinion you don't have to take that no validation was performed before publication of the study and so although they might be now more consistently defined he says there's no way to know if the new definitions reflect biological reality so your honor i would move to say that the debate on the brontosaurus is still in the air Given the time that it was out, which wasn't very long, a scant two years, I think it's impressive that my client even knew that the brontosaurus had already been taken off the list of actual dinosaurs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just yes. to clarify for me, because we've walked down a long and winding thickety path here. The initial problem, the initial uh, uh, malfeasance, is that Stecco said... Brontosaurus is not a dinosaur. Correct. And the listeners insist it is a dinosaur. It's back. Is that? Yep. That's that what I'm judging yep. here? That is correct, Your Honor. Okay, that's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this while jacking a bunch of kids into a wall. <laughs> one arm tied behind my back. All right, Your Honor, I would, I would like to leave you with uh, the closing statement that uh, my client... Is, is not a paleontologist. <laughs> I'm not. He, he enjoys exploring the unexplained and explaining the unexplored. And right now, we're in the phase of exploring the unexplained nature of whether a brontosaurus is its own named dinosaur or not. Mm-hmm. And I'll rest my case on that, Your Honor. Mr. Stecko, do you have anything that you'd like uh, to say? N- no, I, I believe that my, uh, my lead representation... Um, has done an extraordinarily thorough job of explaining my particular involvement in this unfortunate incident. I do regret any confusion caused by my actions, but they were not criminal in nature, I don't believe. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, gentlemen, 
<laughs> I've been running this clown court for nigh on 38 minutes. <laughs> and I just want to say to the both of you that this is the bullshit case <laughs> that I have come across all day. Now, I don't need to remind you. Uh, ob- objection, Your Honor. Is that our fault? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put on okay. pants for this. Okay. Can't control that either. See, here's the thing. I told you I was a dinosaur kid. I was into dinos hardcore. You think it didn't break my heart as a youth to discover that Brontosaurus was no such thing, that it was a mistake, and that it was actually a Patasaurus, a far less sexy named animal? Yes, it did. But you know what? I took my lumps as a youth. I got jacked (laughs) against the wall by that hard fact. And I grew up learning to respect that sometimes science makes mistakes and you got to call the brontosaurus a patasaurus. And now, oh, I'm sorry, these Occupy Wall Street snowflakes are trying to bring back their precious little puffy brontosaurus just because they don't like the less sexy apatosaurus? No! No! I say no to that. I say no emphatically in the microphone, regardless of distortion. Now, let me tell you a little story, boys. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a dinosaur known as Triceratops. I'm sure you're familiar with him. He comes in every educational children's 12-piece dinosaur pack. With the Dimetrodon. With the Dimetrodon. Hey, shut up. <laughs> he does, though. Triceratops had, a, had another crested relative known as Taurosaurus. Taurosaurus was always larger than Triceratops. Scientists wondered why Triceratops was so small until they discovered Triceratops was just the juvenile form of the Taurosaurus! <gasps> Taurosaurus? Yeah! Triceratops, when it actually grows up and becomes an adult, has more spikies coming out of its horn. But guess what? The fucking bleeding heart sentimental scientific community said, we don't want to get rid of Triceratops. We love the Triceratops. So you know what? We're going to call Taurosaurus adult Triceratops. Well, that does not hold water in this house of the Lord, gentlemen. I refuse to allow the Brontosaurus back into our hallowed Mm -hmm. halls. Apatosaurus wins the day. But Dave Stecco, being a a man... (laughs) who is forever indebted to his audience. Why, Wait, with, without, without the very listenership, the blurry photos <laughs> would be nothing but strange whispers <laughs> in the hollow, empty resonance chamber of the internet. Without the listeners, Stecco would be lonely, <laughs> forever tethered to Flora, falling through the abyss, getting spaghettified by the black hole of nothingness. And as the listener did mention the dulcet tones... Think that Stecco's punishment, while not severe, must be meted out judiciously in order for us to hear those dulcet tones once again. <laughs> Objection! Yes, what is it? <laughs> rigged! It's rigged! We won! Okay, he's not. Here's yeah, the thing, for Here's the thing. He he is not gaveled yet. Like we, we, gavel, gavel. We, this this could still <laughs> this could get worse. So what is this, America? <laughs> So, uh, gentlemen, both of you have gotten off, partially, the worst way to get off. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, you were 
stealing. You were wading through the swamps of inaccuracies. And that's just, we can't have that. So your punishment is going to be a novel one. I think this is going to be a game changer, gentlemen. I have meted out a punishment for you. Both of you shall go to the penalty box for no more than one minute and 30 seconds. And within that one minute and 30 seconds, you will sing a duet of Bohemian Rhapsody from minute three until minute four and 15 seconds. Okay. I'm talking about a double penalty box at the same time. All right. All right, we are in the the penalty penalty box. (laughs) Two boys in the penalty box. Well, well, well. All right, here we go, gentlemen. Prepare to serve hard time. I see a little swirl out of old man. Scatter a moose, scatter a moose. Will you do the fine tickle? Turn him on the light, do your favorite frightening me. Galileo, 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 figure go, minute the I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's such a poor boy, boy from a poor family. And his life of this monstrosity. Easy come, easy go. Bismillah. Bismillah, no. We will not let let you go. Bismillah, we will not let you go. Bismillah, we will let you go. Let you go. We'll not let you go. No, 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 no. Yeah, Mama, yeah, Mama, yeah. Little Miguel, the elephant has a put aside for me, for me, for me. Okay, I stop. That's it. All right. Well done, gentlemen. Your time has been served. Debt to society paid. Jesus Christ, at the end of that, you guys are turning into Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what hard time does to a man. Yeah, wow. You know, it was was a difficult penalty, but you served it admirably. Well, you do the crime, you got to do the time. (sighs) Yeah. Clown court is adjourned. (laughs) Thanks, Mark Soloff. The Honorable Judge Mark Markner. Yeah, don't forget to click and subscribe to Blaster Podcast, a slightly better podcast than Blurry Photos. <laughs> Bitch! I gigged you. Ob- I gigged you. Objection. I gigged you. Whew. It's tough but fair justice. Well, it's, it was tough. I don't know if it was fair. I feel like maybe it wasn't entirely fair, but that's justice. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to us. Um, as always, you know, we, we can't do this without you. Yes, yes. We could. It would just be weird. And <laughs> Go to Facebook. Please like us. Help us get to that 18th Hildo. Please. Go to Twitter and follow us. Uh, go to iTunes and please leave us a five-star glowing review if you're so inclined. And I think you are. And I think you are. Make sure to check out audibletrial.com slash blurry photos to get a free audio book of your choice. You don't have to keep the membership, but you can keep the book. And they've got like, what did Drunk Satan Robot say? 180-some thousand books to choose from? Amazing. Right. Yeah. 
I love literacy. Please support us on Patreon. We'd appreciate that. Patreon.com slash blurry photos. You get stuff out of that too. So win-win. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for Miss Cryptid Contest and then the voting poll, which will be on our website after that, after that episode drops. Thank you to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. If you like what we do, there's a ton of shows on there that you can check out, like Alka Hollywood, where our friends, Clint and Jared, and a guest talk about one movie each week, old or new, good or bad, and create a custom cocktail and drinking game for it. We have been on there before. They have been on here before. Yep. It's a good time. Check those guys out. It's a glorious time. Check out Dark Myths. Uh, And don't forget to get yourself a watch. You only have a scant couple weeks left to get a... A, an amazing, beautiful, and finely crafted watch at obaku.com. Yes. And you get 30% off your order with the promo code BLURRYS6, the number six. So please check out those fine Danish Zen masterpieces. Yes. And Dave, I believe that'll do it for this episode of Blurry Photos. Indeed. I have been the terrible combo, like fingerprints and pepperoni pizza. <laughs> David Flora. And I have been Dave, the ex-husband of Gail who lives in Croton Falls, New York, Stecco. So come on down to Phineas J. Cringe Lord's Trilby Emporium and Trenchcoat. Bye. The Thor Ragnarok trailer is the best trailer I've ever seen. It wouldn't be the same without that track. And it, you're right. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, it's the best trailer I've ever seen. Hands down. I've never watched a trailer and was like, well, I've got to watch that again. <laughs> I, I have watched it like at least double digit times. And like, I'll tell you what, in history, movies tend to not use Led Zeppelin well. Mm. Uh, Godzilla... Uh, Godzilla slash Puff Daddy. I'm looking at you. Puff Daddy took a giant shit on Cashmere for <laughs> for like the Godzilla soundtrack a while back, and that was that was tragic. But this is exactly how Led Zeppelin should be used. Mm. This is exactly what they were thinking of when they wrote it. <laughs> I think you're right. A sundered god of old forced to fight bare knuckle for his freedom, and there's a giant green beast. Incredible. <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum watches from the <laughs> sidelines. That's right. <laughs> Robert Plant was like, and also he's got lots of eye makeup. <laughs> Jimmy Page, did you see Loki? <laughs> I love it if they're just sitting around like, cool, have you tried this tea? (laughs) Sharing some weird-ass drug-induced fever dream. (laughs) God, our our behind the music is the best. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. That'll, That'll probably go at the end. 
<laughs> Let me try and tie it in. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Woo! <laughs> All right, on to the Definitely stitched. I am a sur- I am an audio surgeon. <laughs> That's right. Yep, and barely even have a scar from that. <laughs> I've had intense phobia of standard alien images since early ages of five. Since early ages of five? Since earliest ages of five. Oh, this is an alien. All right. Alien. Nice try, alien, trying to pass it. <laughs> Hello, fellow humans. Since early, uh, early ages of five. Oh, no. Abort. Abort. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry. Let's try that again. I'm some kind of a mud monster. Today's episode of Blurry Photos is brought to you by some watch company. Go ahead, put the season six in and get 30% off of your watch. It's going to be difficult to read, but, I mean, you're not awake at that time. You shouldn't be. (laughs) Batman.